podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. All right, finally, hon, we get to watch some David Wilson. He's uh, he's right there, lined up behind Eli. Oh, that little guy. Yeah, yeah, number number twenty-two there. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, David, come on now. Ooh, I think he fumbled. He, he what? Oh, oh my, oh my God! Oh, this can't be happening! Oh my God! Oh my God! Uh, welcome everyone to another episode of, uh, Living the Stream, I guess. I hope my, my podcast partner is here after quite the night on Monday, or on Sunday with David Wilson, uh, putting the ball on the ground twice and, and twice. being removed from the game. So Denny, you're here. How's it going, buddy? Uh, I've lost, I've lost some weight. Um, I, uh, I, I stopped vomiting about uh, 12 hours ago, but, uh, it, it's been a difficult 48 hours overall. I can imagine um, that's your boy. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna soldier through it. Uh, you know, unless Brandon Jacobs becomes a uh, somehow some sort of legit fantasy option, and and then I think it's just gonna be over for me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to say goodbye, cruel world. At that point, I was I was thinking about us uh, adding running back streaming to this podcast and having uh, Leon Washington and Brandon Jacobs involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> might, might as well at this point. It might as well, but. Yeah, no, that I mean that was that was difficult for anyone who's invested in David Wilson, but and I'm not saying I'm the only one highly invested in him, but I am extremely invested in him across all formats. Uh, you know, I'm all in. Every you know, people know that. So um, that if you were to have told me uh, that he was going to fumble in the opening game, I would have said, Ah, no, come on. Yeah. If you had said. He would fumble twice. I would have laughed hysterically, and then probably cried in the shower for a while. You know, as as per usual. <laughs> of course, it, it, it's sad. I, I'm I'm very fortunate that I I only own him in in one league, one of my my nine leagues. It's not best ball and whatnot, and I avoided. I somehow avoided him in daily. Just avoided him. Yeah, well, that's another thing. I don't even. I mean, David Wilson owes me some money. He so. he definitely. I think he owes a lot of people money. Yeah. Not not no just kid. you. But hey, you know, aside from David Wilson, last week we had we had quite the streaming week, Denny. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable success. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you know, you guys probably saw well me at least on Twitter just hashtagging tight end streaming and whatnot, and that was out of pure excitement. It had nothing to do with us, you know, being arrogant about it. It was just the fact that it was happening and it was very exciting yeah. as it was happening. You know, on right. Thursday night was unbelievable. So, so to recap, our picks from last week. Uh, quarterback, we had Pryor, who obviously finished as, I think, a QB 12. Uh, mm-hmm. Freeman, who didn't have a very good game, uh, but he was still serviceable. He was still like 10 or 11 points. Uh, Matt Schaub, who is my boy every week, but he definitely went off last week. And then Alex Smith, who, despite not beating Michael Vick, still had quite the week. Mm-hmm. He, I, I, really, I'm, I was really upset that that game got so out of hand because Alex Smith was on pace to, to seriously throw four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, and he was efficient too. I mean, you know, he'll never have big yards per uh, yards per attempt numbers, but um, but yeah, I, I think that if it were a competitive game, uh, that you would be looking at another hundred yards for him. You know, touchdowns. You sure, can't yeah. really know, but say you know two scores and uh 250 280 yards wouldn't have been out of the uh, question yeah and he was a solid i think 17 and a half points because he had about 25 rushing yards as well um and then our tight ends your boy julius thomas coming through man on thursday night that was amazing and i i have to say that that was uh that was that was quite a thrill uh, for for me because uh i i really did have confidence in him you know going in it wasn't it wasn't uh a kind of a fluky thing where I was kind of wishing and praying that something would happen. I mean, he showed, he flashed in, in the preseason. He showed that he was going to draw some amount of targets. You know, he it, it, it's not like he was going to be a guy who relied on on one shot in the end zone mm-hmm. at the one yard line to. In order, he's not Vasante Shenko from from you know the far beers right, in Minnesota. Right. Um, you know, so uh, we'll get more into him later. But uh, but man, that uh, I think that he's a he's a legit uh, every week guy in twelve team leagues. Yeah, it's it was it was pretty fascinating to watch that all occur. And you know, the, the one the one watch out, of course, with that Denver offense is going to be uh, it's it's going to be interesting because I, I feel like against poor offensive teams, uh, they're they're gonna potentially just just run clock in the second half if if that if that offense can be as efficient as it was on Thursday night but Julius Thomas clearly showed that he is the fourth target in that offense which is not a bad thing when you consider uh Peyton Manning's throwing passes uh the other the other three tight ends that we talked about one was uh, was Owen Daniels which was a borderline one two play uh but man he really came through last night yeah, he did. I mean, the the projections um, that uh, you know that Number Fire had and that uh, you know the the Rotoviz um, projection machine had were were both really favorable for Wilson. A very high, uh, a very high floor, which is all, always important with streamers. Important and rare with streamers um, to find one with a high floor. So he 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 did exactly what we hoped and thought he would do. Yeah, the two two scores, right? And then the. Uh... Yeah. yeah, and and that, it was crazy. You know, I, I looked at the number fire projections, and Owen Daniels was uh, was fourth in, in tight end uh, rankings entering week one, and you know it, it seemed a little bit high, sure, but at the same time, you kind of recognize the matchup being favorable for him, and I think that we're going to see him uh, have a pretty good uh, twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, increased targets. I mean, he he was already going to get a hundred. Yeah. You know, if if, if things uh, if he plays sixteen games, he was going to fall out of bed and get a hundred targets. But um, you know, you tack on a couple more per game, and and uh, you you have a, a kind of a uh, I don't want to say scary good season, but um, he could be a, a top ten guy throughout the year. Well, especially if if Houston's defense plays that flat as flat as they did in the first half of that game, that's just going to give yeah. that's going to give Matt Schaub more and more opportunity. Um, you know, he threw over 40 times, I believe last night. Uh, he, he's, he, like, like we've been saying on this podcast, he could reach 600 attempts this season. 580, I think was, was more online of what we said, but I think that Matt Schaub is a guy like we've been talking about that, that could really be incredibly fantasy relevant throughout the season. And obviously that helps Owen Daniels, Andre Johnson will be Andre Johnson. And he was again last night. And then, uh, rookie Deandre Hopkins, which, who kind of looks like a mini Roddy White in a way? I mean, he yeah. he looks great. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun offense to watch this year, which is 
which is kind of interesting after them being having such a dominant defense the last couple of years. Right. I'm actually really uh, rooting for the Houston defense to to look as as bad as they did yeah. last night. I mean that that'd be great if uh, if if they could just get into a uh, you know uh, 14 to 21 nut to nothing hole every day yeah. every week and uh, have Schaub just chuck it all around the park. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and the other two uh, tight ends, uh, I called out Fred Davis, who, my gosh, are you kidding me? The, the Reed, Reed fella over there in Washington decided to, to steal some targets. He had more targets yeah. than, than Fred Davis did. Uh, so Fred Davis, I think, only had 20-some had yards and a couple of catches, uh, which you know obviously wasn't the kind of start that you would want out of your tight end this week, but we did have Brent Selleck who, who walked into the end zone uh, against Washington, which was good to see. Yeah, and he, I think he did. He finish as a um, yeah, he tight end one. Top 10. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say I'd say three for four uh, with our tight ends is is pretty solid considering the the volatility of the position right. in general. And you know, again, we're going to talk about this over and over again. We 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 can't promise that any of these guys are going to perform. Uh, you know at tight end one QB one levels, but I think that we're at least giving, you know, some, some, uh, throwing some names out there that are going to, uh, have a lot of upside, uh, going into a given week if you're desperate. Yeah. I mean, and, and to get into the defenses, uh, um, you know, we talked, um, a lot about the Colts defense, although, um, I think we expressed, um, a, a fair amount of skepticism after Terrell Pryor yeah. would name the, the starter. Um, you know, for me, the Colts went from a, a, a locked in top five, maybe top three option uh, with Matt Flynn behind center um, to uh, to a top, you know, a, a top ten or eleven or twelve option, but nothing elite like they were with with Pryor. And uh, I think that that's you know the uh, the emergence of, of Pryor him starting for the Raiders actually kind of blows up a plan that looked really foolproof in the full in the preseason, which was, uh, you know, stream against Oakland all year long. And that's not going to work now. No, it's definitely not. He, he certainly came through. I mean, you know, regardless of what went on on Twitter and whatnot this week, uh, with, with regards to Terrell Pryor and, and, and the polarizing opinions throughout, uh, the fantasy football, uh, industry. I, I, I do think that, he still, you know, we obviously had certain expectations for Pryor entering this week. I would say that he still exceeded those expectations. I did not, I did not foresee him rushing, running the ball for 112 yards and throwing for another 215 and a touchdown and actually throwing the ball quite well. He ended up being, uh, in terms of passing net expected points, which is, you know, one of the metrics that we work with at Numberfire, uh, which measures uh, pass efficiency. He ranked ninth, and that's just passing. That has nothing to do with running. So I mean he was he he was throwing the ball well uh against against Indianapolis and Rod Streeter was was definitely uh part of that game and Denarius Moore got a got a touchdown himself but it's going to be interesting to see uh you know how, what happens with him as we move forward but we'll get into him a little bit more uh, as as we go on with this podcast. Uh but you know you also mentioned teams like Kansas City who had a great great uh streaming. I mean there's so many defenses yeah. last week that had what we thought were favorable matchups and they ended up being decent. Uh, there weren't any through the roof defensive games, I would say outside of Kansas city. But um, I mean, I think there was a good job. Well, we had Ta- uh, Tampa was, um, was the ninth highest yeah, scoring yeah. Defense with, with 10 points. Um, so really it was uh, Casey and, and, and Tampa were the ones that, 
um, you know, we, we pointed to. And, and I will say that, that, you know, choosing streaming options, it ain't easy. I mean, no. it's, um, you know, all, all, all fantasy writer types uh, are sort of, you know, uh, fortune tellers by trade, you know, trying to predict what will happen. But it's, when, when you kind of uh, tie your wagon to, you know, like the most mediocre or the worst defenses <laughs> and like mediocre quarterbacks and, and tight ends who may or may not be involved, that you know, that's that's tough action. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm I'm really happy with with how week one went. And and look, there will be weeks where we come on this podcast and say, uh, well, that you know these options didn't didn't exactly work out. But I, I think that uh, week one really shows um, re- validates a lot of the, the the streaming talk that we did throughout the pre. Uh, off-season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it, things are going to be up and down throughout the entire season, but it's really good to be off to a good start with week one. Um, so let's get into the defensive streamers. Uh, Denny, do you have do you have a couple team defenses that you think the people should be grabbing off the wire this week? I do. Um, the Well, the, the, the Ravens, uh, believe it or not, are um, are owned in uh, around 70% of Yahoo leagues, and um, I think uh, that that might actually go down um, after you know after they were roasted by Denver last week because because I'm thinking you know I'm, I'm I'm thinking that people drafted them as an every week starting uh, defense and um, are probably disillusioned at this point rightfully so uh, well they they get the Browns at home this week so you know on your local waiver wire if you see Baltimore dropped. Uh, pick them up right away. Uh, they they would be my number one target. Uh, you know, beyond that, um, I have a an article on the fakefootball dot com outlining the reasons to take these uh, teams or target these teams. Uh, beyond that, you have um, uh, Carolina uh, at Buffalo. I'm not I'm not wild about that pick, mm-hmm. um, but it is something that pe- people on uh, people on the Twitter seem to be looking for confirmation for that pick. Well, the, so. well, the, the, the Carolina front sevens actually, I mean, they, they did very, very well against Seattle last yeah. week. And I think oh, that yeah. that's part of the reason is that they're going to force EJ Manuel to, to be a rookie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. And, and then, uh, beyond that, uh, um, I know this sounds really bad, but you know, with streaming, sometimes you, you, you can't be picky and, and you just have to roll with what's there. Uh, the Raiders defense at, at home after really not looking all that bad against the the Colts. I mean, yeah, Andrew Luck uh, picked him apart through the air, only threw for 178 yards. Uh, but they they get Chad Henney, the turnover machine, at home. Um, yeah, I, I I like the potential for um, for for sacks and picks and fumbles and all sorts of uh, of stuff between both of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but particularly, I would I would target the Jaguar. I'm target the Raiders against the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, I think that we we saw what happens whenever you target uh, a a mediocre at best defense against Terrell Pryor last week, and that you know he's gonna he's gonna force some turnover or the defense will force some turnovers, but I still think that he's gonna be capable of putting up points. So Oakland makes more sense than than Jacksonville this week for sure, especially uh, with so many question marks on the Jacksonville offense. Yeah, I'm not for right now. Uh, I am really hesitant to stream defenses against Pryor just after watching. Yeah, you really have to watch what he did in, in in Indianapolis because it was really impressive the way he kind of picked them apart through the air and, and on the ground. Yeah, totally. 
So those are those are the three. Uh, you got you got Baltimore, Carolina, and Oakland. I think that's a, a nice spectrum. Yeah, and I will say that uh, New Orleans for deeper leagues. Um, you know, New Orleans uh, is playing um, the 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 Bucks, who you know the Bucks offense wasn't exactly a juggernaut last week. Yeah. Um, and the um, the the Saints seem to not be the laughing stock that they were uh, in 2012. So that that's an option for deeper leagues. The the other the other defense that I wanted to actually I'll ask you about since I think you're a little bit higher on Kansas City's offense than I am in general. What do you what do you feel about Dallas this week? I I don't I don't love oh you know okay it's just one of those things where. The, the Cowboys were absolutely destroyed by the Giants' offense yeah, last week, yeah. except for they got a bunch of fluky plays going. And and that, you look at I'm not gonna I don't begrudge that, but but that in that's what you need to um, to rack up fantasy points. But uh, they they looked uh, they looked like Swiss cheese yeah. uh, through, through much of that game. So I'm not saying Alex Smith is going to go you know bonkers and throw for 303 touchdowns, but uh, I am saying that. Uh, on the road, um, an early game uh, after um, you know after playing su- Sunday night. I just I'm not I'm not wild about the the, the Cowboys uh, defense. Cool. You you would know better than I would when it comes to defensive streaming. That's why I wanted to ask because I I I mean I, I targeted them targeted them in a couple of leagues. I don't I don't think they're a terrible play, but it makes sense. The one thing the one thing that I with the Cowboys is that. Uh, they they tend to give up those big plays, and Alex Smith is not necessarily one to 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 throw the big play, uh, right? And to produce I, I a big play, they're, they're a top fifteen. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. This week, yeah. right. But nothing nothing compared to to the other ones you you named, especially Baltimore. My gosh! And by the right. by the way, if yes. if someone if someone if someone owns the Cincinnati defense. Oh my God! They're gonna they might get fifteen sacks on my Steelers on Monday night, and I'll be there live watching it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, poor you. Poor, I'm. I am going. I'm going on Monday night to watch in in my in my Brett Kiesel Bumblebee jersey. Oh man, to- I, you better you better drink, man. Yeah, it's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be really bad. I'm really not uh, not expecting a Steelers win, especially with all the. I mean, so many injuries. It was a it was a terrible terrible weekend for for Pittsburgh fans. The Pirates got swept by the Cardinals, which baseball and. The 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 Steelers though, man, they looked they looked pitiful. Mm, I mean, I, I actually I have a coworker who's a Steelers fan, and he was he was pretty much despondent. On <laughs> was, he, he he was like like I was trying to talk to him about football in general. I knew he didn't want to talk about the Steelers game, but and he just wouldn't have any of it. And eventually, he was like, "Dude, I can't talk about football right now." This yeah, th- this is gonna sound like such a humble brag, but if I wouldn't have gone nine and one on Fanduel, I would be very, I would be very <laughs> upset right now. So basically, you're you're, you're wiping <laughs> you're wiping your tears with twenties, huh? That's right. No, I mean it was it's bad. Steeler fandom will always go far and beyond fantasy football winnings. Although now that I you know this is what I'm doing now. So I, I need I need to do well in fantasy football because it's yes. it's my my life now. Yes, and and also uh, it might it, but it might help uh, counteract what's what's coming on Monday night. Which could <laughs> it's be, gonna be so just, bad. Just an annihilation. I mean, James Harrison could actually kill. Someone. I think he's go. I think he's like just just think about this. Okay, not only has the Steelers' offensive line been horrible, they lost a Pro Bowl center, an overrated Pro, Pro Bowl center at that, but but a Pro Bowl center. And they have no running game whatsoever. 
and they're they're facing James Harrison, who who is one of the the most frightening human beings on the face of the earth, and he's going to be motivated against his old team at home at his new home. I mean, it, it's you combine it all. James Harrison, I don't even care how non-existent he is the, the rest of the season. On Monday night, he's going to have 17 sacks. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, if there's a prop bet in Vegas for will James Harrison kill someone, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I'm taking that bet. I don't even care if it's like if it's like two to one odds. I'm taking that <laughs> You bet. have to. I, I, have I shared the Outback Steakhouse story on, on this podcast before? No. Oh, no. man. I was When I was living in Pittsburgh, I, uh, I went to Outback one night, and I, I'm sitting down. I think I was just with my parents or something. I sit down, and I look over, and there's James Harrison. He's sitting at like one of those two-person booths. And he's just sitting there, and I, I, I'm not even kidding, okay? He has a plate in front of him, and there's just a piece of steak on this plate. And he has a knife and a fork in both hands, and he's just staring at the meat. Wow. And it was the most frightening thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. So he's a legit, like, he has, he's a psycho. I, perhaps. I'm not sure. Perhaps. It's incredible. Wow. Do you think? Do you think he saw uh, Muhammad Massaqua when he was looking at that? <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> or, or Colt McCoy. It's, it's, what, it's quite the one. Oh, the, 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 the Muhammad Massaqua. He uh, he destroyed. Just completely destroyed him and Ryan Clark both. Just like Ryan Clark used to kill Wes Welker every time we played the Patriots. He he destroyed him one game. But James Harrison and Colt McCoy and and Muhammad Massaqua both. He just. They did not. They're not friends. There's no way they're friends. No, I mean, because after the game, didn't he say something like, "I he went to sleep." Oh well, I'm yeah, yeah. And but Colt McCoy uh, got a concussion against the Steelers. I think it was on a James Harrison hit, and he uh, played the final like ten minutes of the game, and he didn't even remember it after the game. Yeah, yeah, no memory of it. Actually, and Ryan Clark uh, almost killed Pat White on the field. Yeah, Ryan Clark has he he's a he's a headhunter. He's one of the he's one of those guys out on the field that's just going after domes. Yeah, tell, can you tell your boy to, to take it easy on Gio Bernard if he gets a <laughs> yeah. He gets a yeah, who didn't he didn't really show up this week either. Well, I think it's just part I know, of I know it's part of the transition. Yeah, but it, it, you you would think that it would happen because uh, the law firm looked looked bad. He did, he did, but there, I, I don't know. Well, that, that's for another podcast. All right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some quarterback streamers. Um, there's, you know, I was, I was going through this. There's just a ton of mediocrity this week at quarterback. There's no one that, like, really, really jumps out on the page. I just think there's a, there's a high quantity of guys that are capable of putting up, like, you know, 12 to 15 fantasy points. Um, obviously, I mean, honestly, I think, like, 29 or 27 different quarterbacks put up double-digit points this week. And and there were I think a, over a dozen or so that put up twenty or more or something like that. It was, it was I probably should have the statistics in front of me since I'm definitely a numbers driven person when it comes to this stuff. But I don't have it in front of me, so sorry if I'm wrong. But um, again, there's a lot of of mediocre streams this week. The first one uh, that's very obvious and you should get him off the waiver wire instantly is is our boy Terrell Pryor, who we've already talked about. He's playing against Jacksonville. Um, like I said, he needs to be owned in every single league. I think that he has he's capable of having a, a top 10 week. Uh, number fire has him at quarterback 13, I believe. Um, and like I said earlier, he was the ninth most efficient passer in, in terms of NEP last week, which is in, which is completely insane when you when you consider um, he didn't know how to throw, how to hold a football in June. And, and now now he's the ninth most efficient passer in the league. 
Yeah, I mean, he actually, for people who don't know, he actually said, admitted that yeah. uh, recently in an interview. He said, yeah, I've gotten through my whole football life without knowing how to actually throw the football. And he went to a, a quarterback's coach who worked with Tom Brady and who else? I'm not sure. A few other people. Anyway, to, to try to, you know, perfect or improve his throwing motion. And for the first time in his in his football playing life, he's, he says he feels confident throwing the ball now. I'm not saying that you know he's he's dropping back there like Aaron Rodgers winging it everywhere, but you you could tell that you know he what he wasn't. Let's put it this way: he wasn't Tebow esque with yes. the throws on Sunday. Yeah, not even close. Not no, even it's close. not even it's not even close. Like the the comparable that that Rich was making in his article to make a point. To be fair, and and I'm referring to the the Rich Rebar article on um, Number Fire. The the point that Rich was making is that you don't need to be able to throw the ball effectively to be fantasy relevant if you can. Uh, um, if you can run the football, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, I just had a total brain fart there for a second. <laughs> um, so th- the point the point of it was that you know if, if you run the ball, it doesn't matter how you pass it. Terrell Pryor not only can run the ball better than Tim Tebow did, but he can also pass it better than Tim Tebow did. And Tim Tebow was a low end QB one when he was playing. So, uh, you know, get get Terrell Pryor off the wire. I think he's gonna have a great week against Jacksonville. Another crazy thing uh, with regards to those advanced metrics is is, is Terrell Pryor. Um, I, we talked about this before the podcast started. I think I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. But in terms of rushing net expected points, which is how many points you're adding for your team uh, on a on a rushing basis, um, of the players that had ten or more attempts, including quarterbacks, Terrell Pryor ranks second behind only Lashawn McCoy, who looked like a robot on Monday. Yeah. And, and I mean that's how good Terrell Pryor ran the ball this week. So yeah, I mean, doesn't he have? I mean, he is he is faster than Cam Newton. Yeah, so, I mean, he or, ran. I think Pryor ran a four three four. I want to yeah. say, uh-huh. um, but yeah, I mean, he's super athletic. He's he's capable. And that one hundred yard performance, while we shouldn't expect that every week, it's not a fluke. It's by no means no, a fluke. No, I, I don't think it is. I mean, you know, I think it depends on game flow. But really, I mean, what 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 says that the that the Raiders are going to have uh, a big lead to protect at yeah, any point yeah. this year? And let me let me also point out, I've seen people tweeting about the fact that defenses are going to figure out Terrell Pryor. But why can't Terrell Pryor figure out Terrell Pryor? Why can't <laughs> why can't he get better? I mean, that's only his second start in the NFL, and he's already producing sound, solid fantasy numbers. So who knows what he's capable of doing? Let alone, um, you know, defenses just figuring him out. Right, I think to to say that he's just this uh, static player who is, you know, he is who he is. He can't get, he's not going to get worse. He's not going to get better. I think that that's uh, that's you know really uh, s- selling him short and 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 overlooking uh, a guy who can really help your fantasy team, especially if um, you know if if you went if you drafted a, a guy who is is not like a, you know a weekly top ten or twelve guy. Yeah, totally. Um, so I got Pryor at number one. That's by far my favorite streamer this week, if, if you can get him off the wire, which I think he's available in, in most leagues right now uh, that, that have normal waiver wire rules. That, that you know, the ones that don't allow you to just pick up a guy after he gets a 50-yard touchdown while, oh, while yeah. the game is going on. Yeah, that, that's BS. Yeah. Is, does that happen? Is that real? That happens, apparently. Mm. Um. The other guy, so another two guys. The next guy I have is Jay Cutler, uh, your boy, against against Minnesota. 
Uh, Minnesota couldn't defend a thing against Stafford last week. Uh, he and the the thing the thing that was crazy is that Stafford had such good passing numbers last week, and he only threw it forty three times, which is not a lot for him. No, that's not Steph Steph forty. No, I was expecting one hundred and forty. <laughs> right. And he only had 43. He was like 90 off or 97 off. Did you see, by the way, uh, that ridiculous touchdown by Joe, Joe Foria? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I, it looked like a big brother playing with his little brother in yeah. the backyard. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, expecting, I'm expecting Jay Cutler to have a, t- a couple touchdown passes this week. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I think that he's a guy who probably has a pretty high floor. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. And also, um, you know, I think you might have seen a preview of of something Cutler will, will benefit from eventually uh, in the Lions last week when um, uh, Stafford, you know, dumped that pass off, that screen pass to yes. uh, Reggie Bush, and he took it the distance, seventy some yep. yards. Uh, and you know, Forte um, on at least one occasion was just a shoelace tackle away from from breaking a big one you know maybe not 70 but he had blockers in front and it was all set up and cutler delivered it just 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 so i think that 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 big screen pass from cutler to forte um is is coming maybe not this week but uh you know it it, it's it's going to be a big uh fantasy boon for cutler there yeah and and you know it's not like cutler was playing against uh you know, a, a bad defense last week. Cincinnati is one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. And, and he yeah. had, he finished the game with a 64% completion percentage, 240 yards, two touchdowns and a pick on only 33 passes. So I think it's going to be, I mean, that, that offense, I think performed at what we think that that offense can do this season. I think it was very, it was efficient. It was more efficient than it was last year. Martellus Bennett was involved in the middle of the field. I mean, you had Alshon getting involved, Brandon Marshall's not going to see the kind of targets that he did last year. Um, but that was, we knew that going into this season. This is, and, and obviously Matt Forte had a good game too. And I, I think, and he had a one yard touchdown run, which was fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. And listen, Cutler's matchup was, was awful yeah, last year. Yeah. It was truly bad. I think uh number fire had him. I think it, it was a, a bottom three or four match. Yeah, it was a it was a bad. Both him and Dalton had bad matchups. Dalton turned the ball over more than Cutler did, which was probably the difference in the game. But yeah, um, and, you know, both of them are both of them are great great streamers throughout the season moving forward, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the the last guy that I have, and it pains me to say it, but it's it's Joe Flacco against the Browns. Um, I, I we should not expect Joe Flacco to throw the ball sixty plus times again. That was that was clearly due to Peyton Manning. Uh, in his unicorn-like play, but um, you know the, the Browns—the Browns were are decent against the run. I'm I'm pretty sure that Lamar Miller had negative 145 yards on Sunday. He did. It, I just looked it up. Yeah, and and Ryan Tan—I mean, but Tannehill had a had a decent game through the air, and that was with uh, Mike Wallace being covered by Joe Hayden and also catching negative three passes. <laughs> Amazingly. Amazingly, he, he he gave he he gave fan the fan the ball three right. times. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. Uh, what, whoever is on the other side of that Browns uh, secondary, um, it w- was getting scorched yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, Hartline, so. Hartline had a very, very nice game in terms of fantasy. So we'll see what the, the thing. The thing that do, that is unfortunate with uh, with the Ravens is that they don't have a Brian Hart. I can't even believe this is coming out of my mouth, but they don't have a Brian Hartline across from Torrey Smith. Well, but they do have uh, Marlon Brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, no, I'm, uh, no, no. I know it sounds funny, but. But uh, I mean, if if he's gonna get that, no, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I he could ha- he could have a decent week. 
Yeah, because I mean, he actually has, um, you know, uh, you know, size, speed, combo wise, yeah. he's he's pretty impressive. I, I think, I mean, it, it'd be really in a twelve team league, it'd be really difficult to be like, bam, I'm playing Marlon Brown, yeah, um, over I don't know, like Jordy Nelson or something. But, right. um, you know, deeper leagues, you know, leagues with ridiculously large lineups, um, I think that he actually could be a, a great. Uh, Asset. Yeah, no, that's that's a good call. That's a very, very, very smart call. Uh, I, I, it was just, it was just more so that that, you know, he's clearly not the receiver that Hartline is yet because he's only played in one NFL game. Uh, right. Yeah. But, exactly. but honestly, I, I think that Flacco could could easily throw for a couple touchdowns if, especially if the Browns focus on the run and stop Bernard Pierce and Ray Rice. Um, you know, it's a division game, which is kind of shaky because you never know how those can go. So Flacco is my number three guy with Cutler as number two and Pryor as number one. And I do want to give an honorable, honorable mention uh, to, to uh, outside of those three guys and in deep leagues only. But I really do think that Chad Henney could be a decent quarterback play this week. Oh, but he's bad at football. Uh, yeah, he's also playing the Oakland Raiders, who, who I mean, they, they, they performed all right. But, I, I mean, it's not, it's not to say that they have a spectacular defense and – um, oh my God, by the way, I was looking at the number fire numbers for week one. So we have that, that metric passing net expected points, which is how many points a passer is, is adding towards his team's output, um, in total from, from throwing the ball. So, you know, typically, you know, you, you might lose, you know, a, a bad game would be like a minus seven or something like that. Meaning an average quarterback, uh, would be, uh, producing seven more points than that quarterback did at a replacement level. So that was seven was was Brandon Whedon last week. He was a minus seven passing NEP. Blaine Gabbert was was last. Brandon mm-hmm. Brandon Whedon was second to last at minus seven. Blaine Gab wow. Blaine Gabbert was last, and his any passing NEP was minus twenty five. Which, in other words, means he lost twenty five points compared to an average passer for the Jaguars this week. That's remarkable. Let that sink wow. in for a second. It is out of control bad. I mean, wow. the, the Jaguars the Jaguars were so bad last week. It was it's incredible how bad the numbers look. I mean, that's uh what uh that that's almost as amazing as Mike Wallace's negative 3 3 yeah, I know. I know. But that's real. Yeah, this is a real. I mean, it's a it's a real fake metric. It's a Still. Yeah, no, right, right. I mean, it's it's a it's an algorithmic uh, number that that actually you know correlates very nicely to to what we see on the field. Yeah, and by the way, I, I do want to say that uh, uh, when Henny was named starter because of Gabbert's injury, and and don't believe that that Henny would be starting if Gabbert was, were healthy, because I I don't think I don't that, either. Yeah. I don't think that he would. I don't think that the the coaching staff has in, ever indicated that that would happen. Um, People said, "Oh, oh, okay. Well, we'll plug in shorts, or shorts gets a big boost, or the, the that that's that's actually a fallacy uh, about the the the, the Henny Gabbert uh, shorts connection. Um, shorts was was hardly playing at all when Gabbert was started the season, started the 2012 season for the right, Jaguars. Right. So the reason why you know his preferred receiver was not Cecil Shorts is because Cecil Shorts." was firmly planted on the sidelines, right. okay? Um, when he was playing, the numbers are actually um, almost equal. Henny does have a slight edge in preference for shorts, 
but it, it's nothing that makes you it's nothing that jumps off the stat sheet and says oh my god Henny all he does is throw to shorts and Garrett never does it it's really not like that so I mean yes maybe yes shorts gets a boost but I think it's because Henny is willing to throw those insane throws those stupid throws that he's always thrown his whole career um and and those are the kind of things that you know shorts can turn into big gains that right. that that's why I would give shorts a boost right i mean it, it, you you really just need to look at the quarterback rather than what's happened in history because the sample size is nothing it, there's just nothing there to really base it i'm i'm you know in reference to cecil shorts playing with either one of these quarterbacks it's just not worth looking at so i think i think you know substituting chad henney in there i think will will help shorts's value because i don't think you can get any worse than what blaine gabbert played last week yeah it was just that bad so those are those are the guys Chad Henney's a deep, deep play. Um, one, you know, one guy that people are going to be talking about is Carson Palmer. I know that you, I think you have him as a as a quarterback streamer. Is that correct? Yeah. No. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm of two I'm of two minds on on Palmer, and I, I have a a piece on four for four dot com about him and a couple other quarterbacks. But um, I'm of two minds. If he cannot be uh, dismembered and eaten by the Lions' um, uh, defensive yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. If he can somehow stay upright and okay, I think he can really pick apart that secondary, and and will probably be in a in a shootout. I mean, the Lions are not going to engage in a in a you know twelve to nine game. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that the the shootout potential is there, and uh, you know he threw. He threw for for 280 last week, and I thought that he left a lot on the field. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think the thing that scares me away is that uh, defensive line compared to uh, against the the Cardinals' offense. But to to be fair, <clears throat> excuse me the 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 Cardinals' offensive line did better, even though I think they let up four sacks. They still did better than I thought they were going to do against St. Louis. Well, and it, but it's the, it was the constant pressure too. Sure, you know, it, sure, it, sure. I mean, every time. Actually, Palmer threw a pick because there were guys piled up at his feet and he couldn't step. He yeah. just he just had to it, chuck it. We should know? expect and, that all season long. Yes, absolutely. That, that offensive line is hardly improved. You know, well, mostly because of Jonathan Cooper's um, season-ending injury just before the regular season. Right, right. But they they were they were putrid putrid last season. Oh, so bad. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let's get into the tight end streamers, Denny. Who's your first guy that you got on your list? Uh, for this week, well, I'm gonna, I, I'm I'm taking Julius Thomas off the streaming yeah. list because yeah, let's yeah, that's all, a good idea. Let's go through that first. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I think, um, and I actually did this um, in my uh, in, in my first streaming tight end article for the season. Um, I took uh, Jared Cook and uh, Jordan Cameron off the t- the tight end streaming list because people uh, were asking me, you know, uh, I have I have Cook as a streamer. What do I and I'm um, you play him, you know. I mean, right. it, it, he's he, a tight end he's one. A, yeah, he's not. He's not a streamer. He's he's your guy. He's your tight end. So okay, so Julius Thomas joins the list of non-streamers, and and you know that's great. I mean, if you have him, then your life just got uh, just just got a little easier. Um, uh, a, a few guys that uh, uh, jump out to me are uh, Charles Clay and Scott Chandler from Buffalo. Uh, those are two guys who. Um, I you're kind of uh, looking looking deep in the waiver wire pool here um, for for those guys, um, but Chandler, um, there are some some stats that you know looking into his week one usage, 
um, jumped out to me as, as good news. Um, he ran uh, 28 pass routes against New England, which um, is pretty good. Um, he played. He, he was on the field in 30 of Buffalo's 32 pass plays, um, which uh, and he was not asked to block a single time. So you you don't have a guy, you know, out there uh, an inline tight end who's um, who's just blocking all the time uh, for his quarterback and running backs. Um, uh, so th- those those numbers jumped out uh, at me. He was also uh, the the most targeted bill. Uh, along with um, Stevie Johnson and C.J. Spiller. They all had six targets from E.J. Manuel. Um, and his matchup is, is not, not fantastic, but, uh, but not, not bad at all. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Carolina is uh, in the, the four for four strength of schedule chart, which um, I, I really use to my advantage in, uh, in, in streaming positions, uh, has Carolina as a very favorable matchup. Um, so for, for tight ends, uh, so Chandler's a guy who jumps up to me, who, who has a, a pretty high ceiling, um, probably also a low, a low floor, but, um, you know, that's, that's what we get sometimes with streamers. Uh, and then, uh, Clay on, uh, the other hand, uh, the, the, the Dolphins fill in, uh, for Dustin Keller, uh, who I'll never, I, 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 I'll regret that injury almost as much as, uh as a pitta but i mean not not quite as much but almost um he's he's more i think he's more of a a ppr um type guy because uh, you know he caught five passes for 54 yards against the browns in week one uh which you know he's not gonna light the world on fire uh but uh Tannehill seemed seemed really comfortable with him um and clay caught all five of his targets um so he was actually really efficient uh, with with the five looks he got, um, and uh, the the Dolphins have a, a, a pretty a pretty nice matchup uh, uh, tight end wise against Indianapolis. Uh, four for four rates them um, just a, a a plain old favorable matchup. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see if 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 you know if Charles Clay has long term PPR uh, value. But I actually have him um, in a. Uh, in a, in a dynasty league where I lost Pitta, of course, and cried in the shower for three days. Um, uh, and, uh, I think, I think he, he scored like, um, you know, 11, uh, 11 points for me this week. So, uh, I, I really can't complain about that. And I think that you could do, you could do a whole lot worse than, than Chandler and, and Charles Clay this week. Yeah. I, I like the, I like both those picks. Again, I think that the one thing that we need to let people know is that you know, we're, we're digging deeper with these tight ends because we're just assuming that uh, all the tight ends that did have good games last week, the Brent Selleck's, the, obviously the Owen Daniels and, um, you know, Jordan Cameron, they're all stashed on teams. I mean, they're all on teams. So we're digging a little bit deeper and there aren't many obvious matchups this week. So it's going to be a difficult week for tight end streaming, but hopefully we're, we're here to help. Mm-hmm. Who do you have? Uh, I have two, obviously two guys. The the first guy is my safer one. That's Jermaine Gresham uh, against against my Steelers. I'll be able to watch him uh, score a touchdown live. Um, he's owned in just 15.4% of ESPN leagues. Uh, the Steelers lost uh, linebacker Larry, middle linebacker Larry Foote to the season. Um, and and he's, a, he's the defensive captain, defensive play caller, which is going to be big for the Steelers. And, and Keon Wilson is going to be uh, starting in, in the middle linebacker for the Steelers. And that's, that's not, not going to be fun, him and, him and Lawrence Timmons. Timmons is obviously a monster, but uh, we'll see what Wilson's going to be able to do. Um, 
So, you know, and also Delaney Walker actually had a decent three reception, 40 yard game against the Steelers. And I know that doesn't seem very good, but Jake Locker only completed 11 passes. So three of his, and, and yeah, and they won. Uh, so three of his 11 passes completed went to uh, Delaney Walker against the Steelers this past week. Um, I, I think that Jermaine Gresham could be a, a pretty high floor guy. I would expect him to see probably six or seven targets um, and, and, you know, probably get maybe five receptions, 50 yards, potential touchdown. Um, and then the other guy that I have is kind of digging a little bit deeper and talking about, we kind of mentioned him earlier, but that's Jordan Reed for Washington. Uh, he was targeted more often than Fred Davis uh, in the opening game. I know a lot of that had to do with the fact that, that uh, Washington was kind of playing catch-up most of the game, but they're playing Green Bay this week, an- another awesome offense, um, and another off- another defense that got torched by Vernon Davis this past week, an athletic tight end. So, We'll see what yeah. Jordan Reed's capable of doing. Uh, this is definitely, definitely a deeper, deeper league play. Uh, while Gresham is is more of the, um, you know, twelve man if you're if you're desperate kind of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I actually really like the Delaney Walker uh, uh, call, and uh, it, I think it's a situation where uh, your the, your your knowledge of your team really really helps you out there. Yeah, if Gre- I mean, if Gresham could could, you know, he. Thing is, I think him and him and uh, Eifert both had five targets last week. That, that's going to be the the issue is that they're going to probably split a lot of those looks from Andy Dalton throughout the season. Uh, and, and I think that Eifert will grow and and have a bigger role, obviously, as the season progresses, and probably have a better red zone or be a better red zone threat. But for now, I think that it's clear that Cincinnati's going with with more of their veterans, as we saw with uh, Green Ellis and um, Gio Bernard in in Week One. Uh, and, and so on. So I, I think that, you know, the Steelers, the Steelers linebackers are, are good, but, um, you know, Larry Foote's out and Keon Wilson's playing and he doesn't have much experience. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on in the middle of the field. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I actually did. I meant to say Gresham earlier when I said Delaney Walker. But, oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but Delaney Walker also made me cry last weekend. Oh man! So it's just going to be another another torturous tight end weekend for me and my Steelers. That's so. It sounds like it sounds like so much fun. I just I want to I want to go with you to this game. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so great. Oh man! And we. I mean, I'm just gonna the, the worst part because I can. I'm only you know I'm only like five blocks from the Ohio Ohio River here in Kentucky, and then Paul Brown Stadium is right across the street from right across the street right across the river from from there, and uh, so I'm walking to the game. I just. I'm just worried of what's going to happen. Um, not not so much on the way back because I'm sure the the Bengals fans are going to be happy that they played against the Steelers this week. Right. But right. but we'll see what happens on the way there with my Bumblebee on. I was yeah no I I was actually uh, on my way home from from work on Monday night, and uh, and I saw a bunch of of Eagles jerseys getting on to the the DC Metro. Nice. Uh, headed to the game, which was not is not in DC. Just so everyone's aware that. The Redskins actually play in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland, just yeah. for the record. But they um, uh, and and uh, people were uh, let, let's just say uh, exchanging words uh, between uh, Skins and and Eagles fans. So oh, yeah. uh, luckily, that, that was interesting. Luckily, I'm not an obnoxious Steeler fan. I mean, we're 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 classy. Are you? Ish. <laughs> there's a, I could tell you there's a Steelers bar right across the street from my house, and I am actually <laughs> afraid to go in there on game day. Yeah, you probably should. It's 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 
it's part of us. But we, we, I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of fan when I go to games and whatnot, I make friends with, with the Bengals fans around me. And I'm, I mean, really? it, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not worth, I don't, I never understood trash talking with, with opposing teams when you don't know that person. Right. <laughs> I mean, when it's my buddy, I'm fine with trash talking. I mean, I know a lot of Bengals fans here, obviously. Uh, but you know, when it's some stranger that, that I've never met from Montgomery, Ohio, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't care to talk trash to him because I'm never going to see him again. Well, listen, in the Steelers bar right across the street, it's called out of the way cafe. Uh, uh, everyone is 300 pounds and has a beard, you know, down to their uh, chest, even the women. Yeah, so that's, that, that, that's, that's definitely the, the Steeler <laughs> perception. Is it not the Steeler fan perception? It is. They all look like Brett Kiesel. There are like 80 <laughs> Brett Kiesels walking around my, my freaking neighborhood. <laughs> Everyone is Brett Kiesel. I'm so scared. Oh, man. Anyway, those are our picks. Uh, let's just run through them again really quick. Defense, you have uh, Carolina, Baltimore, and Oakland. Um, yes. Uh-huh. And then quarterbacks, we got Terrell Pryor, Jay Cutler, Joe Flacco. And then deeper leagues, you got Chad Henney. And then tight ends, Jermaine Gresham. Jordan Reed, Scott Chandler, and Charles Clay. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's that's some memory at work. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty good, man. Jeez. Yeah, that was lucky. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I I feel I feel confident, uh, especially on those uh, on the defenses and quarterbacks. Yeah, this yeah. Week. I, tight ends are rough. Tight end is going to be rough this week. I'm ready for it. I mean, tight end. Look at tight end is tough when you when you have a, a an every week no brainer starter like a. You know, like like a Finley or yeah. even Jordan Cameron. I know Cameron it lit it up in Week One, but um, you know that that tight end position is really tough, man. Yeah, I totally. Antonio Gates looked pretty good though too on last night. He did. I'm I'm kind of horrified at how, how good. <laughs> kind of horrified at at Philip Rivers throwing four touchdowns as well. Yeah. Well, and and what he threw for like. 40 yards and four touchdowns, right? Yeah, maybe maybe 20. But Vincent Brown, Vincent Brown had one of them. I'm sure I'm sure Davis Maddock is really really pleased with that. Yeah, well wait, wait, wait. But I I do want to say Vincent Brown, he caught did he catch one pass for one touchdown? I'm not I think he had more than one. Did he uh, did he only catch one? Hang on, I'll, I'll pull it up really quick. That would be I thought he, I thought he had 13 yards receiving. He might so, have. You might be right. Yeah. So maybe two. So so when I saw on Twitter when it was like, when it was like, this is why you draft Vincent Brown. Come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. He got lucky with one fluky touchdown. Give me a break. Two two receptions for thirteen yards and a touchdown. Right. Okay. So that Four, he, he was the forty fifth t- uh, wide receiver this week in point five PPR leagues. Right. That's why you draft Vincent Brown. <laughs> yeah. You want a top fifty receiver on your team. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Not only that, it was actually hilarious when uh. There was a deep ball that Philip Rivers threw. Not deep. I mean, it was probably like a thirty-yard pass, and he um, he overthrew Vincent Brown. And I I tweeted at Davis, uh, who who for the record, if you guys don't know, Davis has been uh, talking talking down on Vincent Brown all all off season to no end. And uh, I, I tweeted to to Davis that maybe if Vincent Brown would have ran a four four forty, he would have had a touchdown there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was just incredible. What did he run at? Like a like a six eight forty? Yeah, I ran faster than him on on one leg. <laughs> it was pretty. It was incredible. Yeah, You're... Brett three hundred pound Brett Kiesel. I mean, it's every every person in Pittsburgh can run faster than Vincent Brown. <laughs> it's all the progies, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! All right, let's get into our rants real quick. 
All right, you. I, I'm gonna let you go first here. Okay, this is this is not even this isn't even a rant. This is this is like a disclaimer. It's gonna be interesting. So tonight I'm going to do a rant about what we probably should have done six months ago, and this isn't meant to be the end. I, I just want everyone to know that this isn't meant to be uh, the end all to your quarterback, tight end, and defensive recommendations based on opposition matchup. That is this podcast. Uh, you know, if we if we pick wrong, which is going to happen quite a bit this season. Please understand that you, in the end, are making those lineup decisions, and we are not controlling your teams. So don't, please, do not try to sue us if we get our picks wrong. Because I wanted to say this because we we had a great week one, and and I don't want people to get really excited about that and and get and us get into legal trouble. So that's my that's my rant. That is, I, I actually think that uh, that covers our legal bases. I do, especially whenever I edit this and put music behind it. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's totally, um, totally, uh, totally going to pass. Uh, and and if, if we go to court with, it passes, with it our passes, trolls. Yeah, it passes legal muster, I think. Yeah. Um, my, my rant is short and sweet, as usual. Um, there's, a, there's a trolly troll troll out there. In fantasy football Twitter world, who on Monday morning went around and I saw—I don't know how—but I saw him go around to almost every fantasy writer that I'm aware of and go back to tweets that they sent about player recommendations days ago, five, six, seven, ten days before game day, and say. How could you possibly recommend this? Do you do you see what happens when you think a so and so can outperform a so and so? He it was it, it actually was was like a was like a troll art performance, like a like a perform, like a performance performance art by a troll that crawled out from under his bridge and um, and decided to, uh, to to go find to go take hours and find tweets uh, from from you know fantasy writer types and experts. Um, and say how how wrong they were, and and he got me, he got me with his Zach Sudfeld tweet. And I, I saw that. I guess I guess I'm the only one who who thought Sudfeld would be. You decent. were. I I was the only one, and uh, no, I, I wasn't. But the point is, there's what? Why are you doing that? Why are you you know you know who you are? Stop it! Stop that trolly troll troll. Good stuff. As always, we. It's so easy to rant about trolls because it's like this is like the 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 two minutes of your life where where it's acceptable yeah, right. to, to rant about the trolls out there. Yes, and exactly. it only gets it only gets worse. It's going to be awful when Jordan Reed doesn't catch a pass this week. Oh right, and they're like, I played Jordan Reed in my eight team league. Yeah, and then I'm going to point them to the freaking <laughs> disclaimer rant that I just did. Yeah, I I I dropped Jared Cook for Jordan Reed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. It's incredible, man. I speaking of which, I have seen some crazy, crazy, crazy uh, trade offers from people not not in the leagues that I'm in, but from people asking if they should do it or not. One guy, one guy got a trade offer. He was getting Des Bryant for Julian Edelman. Oh no, <laughs> that was happening. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that kind of stuff exists, guys. So so uh, you know, if, if you see a lopsided trade like that, um, there's either something wrong with the player involved in the trade or someone involved with the person that had proposed that trade. Yeah, I, I will say just real quick before we end, um, if if you're in a kind of a casual league, throw out an offer for Megatron immediately. Yeah. Because I'm sure that the owner, that Megatron's owner who drafted him in the first round, 
is pissed about that week one performance, just beside himself yep. about about getting about having what two touchdowns called back. Yeah. So, um, so just throw out an offer. You know, you never know. And and if you get them, you win. So there yep. you go. Totally. All right, Denny. Where can everyone find you at, and how can they help feed your child? I think, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> first first things first. It's at CD Carter thirteen on Twitter. I write for four for four dot com. I write for thefakefootball.com dot com and xnsports.com. dot com. Um, uh, and uh, I have a book that which the proceeds go to my nine month old son, Savior. <laughs> And uh, it's called How to Think Like a Fantasy Football Winner. And it really is actually has some good lessons uh, that might be, you know, re-readable during the season. I, I actually went back and read uh, some, of, some of my book because I'm a narcissist <laughs> um, and an egomaniac um, it, after my David Wilson uh, apocalypse, um, you know, and, and it helped, uh, helped calm me down a little bit. So. You know, give it give it a shot. That's good. But uh, the the other uh, therapy that you sometimes do is just stare at the mirror after David Wilson fumbles the ball. Well, <laughs> well I stare at the mirror and one single tear trickles down. My cheek. <laughs> yes. Oh man, you you need a, a reality show. I call that I call that Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's my, my Sunday. Night. Your ritual. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on the Twitter at late round QB and you can see some work over at numberfire.com and obviously late round QB.com where um, there's a lot of work's going on. Keith Black and uh, Austin Cass Koss. I don't know how you say his last name, but uh, it's K-A-S. It should be just Cass, right? Sure. Sorry, Austin. Uh, but they, they just published their... Uh, they're defensive streamers, and, and Keith does a kicker article each week, which is, which is always interesting. Uh, and then and then my buddy, our buddy, Phil Culbertson, is uh, leading the way over there with all the content and helping me out. So go to LateRoundQB.com, check out that stuff. Obviously, NumberFire.com. Um, and, yeah, we'll be on Twitter, and we'll be there for your start-sit questions this week. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll, be, we'll see you next week after Jordan Reed doesn't catch a pass. hey oh. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Lady.